Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading this evening comes to us from Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. O Lord, have mercy on us. Our epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. For we know that if the tent is our earthly home is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the longing to be put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by, by life. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, God as a guarantee. We are always of good courage. We know that while the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by not by Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and have home with the Lord. So whether our home or away, we be registered with Mary, <coughs> his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Our Advent theme comes from a ministry called 1517.org. It's a ministry to proclaim the gospel in our country and around the world. When they announced their theme, I was intrigued. 
I was looking for something different this year. I couldn't do the Magnificat and Zechariah's song and the like again. And their theme they chose to actually title Clothes for the King. But as I was reading through some material, the only thing I could think of was, it's the emperor's new clothes. Now, I've been asking a lot of people. I thought everybody knew this story, but there are a lot of people who are not aware of the story of the emperor's new clothes. So I'm going to just give you a, a short overview of it. The story is about an emperor who is absolutely consumed with clothing. This guy has a new suit for every hour of the day. Well, two rogues come to town. They claim to be weavers, that they can leave a cloth that is so beautiful in color and so fine in weight that the entire suit, along with the train, weighs no more than a cobweb. But what's even more amazing about the cloth they wove was that only the wise and only those who were fit for office could see the beauty of the clothing. One official and a second official. And finally, the emperor himself, they go to see the progress of these new clothes, only to see nothing on the looms at all because there was nothing to be seen. But not wanting to be considered a fool or a simpleton, not wanting to be considered unworthy for office. Each one of them reports seeing the intricate patterns and the magnificent colors of this special cloth. Finally, the rogue tailors declare the clothes are ready. The emperor is dressed. The attendants go through a big show of picking up the train. And they march regally through the streets of the town. And everyone from the from the windows are proclaiming how beautiful these new clothes are for the king. Except for the one little boy who yells out, but the emperor has no clothes. Now, you may never have thought about it this way before, and you may not want to think about it this way, but one of the things that we are waiting for in this Advent season is for the emperor of the universe, God himself, to arrive in his baby suit, birthday suit. We can look at him and say, the emperor has no clothes. But instead of being a trick of rogues to fool everyone, this has been his plan all along. And yes, our emperor will be clothed. It will start with our emperor being swaddled and laid in a manger. But there will be other clothing for him as well. Now, talking about clothing doesn't quite seem to be a natural way for us to prepare for Christmas. But I would argue that clothing actually is on our minds during the season. You know, maybe some of you are out looking for just the perfect and ugliest ugly sweater to win that competition. Or it does look like uh, matching family pajamas is still sort of in vogue. I'm sure that, ladies, you are probably at least considering what new blouse or shirts you might be able to get for Christmas or what tie you might want to buy 
for your spouse or your kids. Or maybe you're following the more northern tradition, looking forward to a brand new flannel for Christmas. Clothes are a part, even of this season. It's the same in the Bible. In the Bible, clothes serves as more than just a covering. Clothing itself has a story to tell. It's easy to overlook, but as with so many parts and pieces of God's Word, the elements are not accidental. Indeed, the mention of clothing and covering and robes and coats are rich with meaning. And we'll be looking at this throughout the Advent season and how these clothes actually point forward to the King himself, Jesus Christ. And this clothing thing starts very early on. We're in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve find themselves to be the original naked and afraid contestants in the world. They're not long into the life of the Garden of Eden, and they've thrown it all away. They are the first of billions to buy Satan's tired old lie that we are far better off out from under God's love and his leadership. They immediately become aware of the consequences, and they cover their nakedness, which had not been a problem before, with fig leaves. It's not nearly as soft as silk. No, it doesn't hold out as well as denim. But I'm sure they'll be all the rage this season if I can just figure out how to stop them from wilting. There are other consequences. The broken relationship between the man and his wife, between them and God. The creation is subjected to futility and frustration. They're going to be expelled from the garden. And of course, there is the entrance of death into God's good creation. So what does God do? Does he send them off into the wilderness, cold and exposed with curling fig leaves? No. Genesis states it plainly. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Just let that sink in. God clothed them. He's the original couture designer. The first fashionista. He didn't use fig leaves like Adam had done. He didn't whip up a few yards of fabric from the cotton in the garden, he worked in leather. He used skin. Death entered the world through Adam and Eve's rebellion. But the very first to die was not Adam or Eve. It was another. It would be the first time that blood would be shed in God's good creation. The first time that a final breath would be taken and the first time when a warm and vibrant body would grow cold and it would be done in service of mankind's sin and shame. A third party, some truly innocent creature would lose its life all so that guilty Adam and Eve could be sent out into the unknown completely covered. 
Now, what kind of God would cover the sin and the shame of his people who have rejected him? And what kind of God would not only cover their shame, but would do so at such an awful cost? Are you seeing it? Because what we've witnessed are first glimpses of the gospel. The very first glimpse is the promise, we didn't cover it, but the promise of the child that would be born to Eve who would crush the serpent's head. But next is this clothing. This clothing that became that came from a substitutionary sacrifice. You see, in the very beginning, God had in mind your sin and your shame as well. He had in mind the vulnerability that we all feel, the problems, the pains that are associated with this life in a sing-sick world. And God would not be satisfied until we were all covered. And so he sent his son into the world. And the clothing that God the Father makes for all of mankind in Christ, well, it's cut from the very same bolt as those original garments. Because again, God works in flesh and blood. Through the loss of truly the most innocent life. Through the shedding of blood. Through the letting out of a last breath. And through the extinguishing of a perfect life. Forgiveness was fashioned. And enough of it for the entire world. In the life and death of Jesus Christ, there is now an outfit that is custom-made and crafted by God for you. And though we do wander in a dark and difficult world, in Christ, we are wrapped in the mercy of God. We are protected from the harshest of elements, namely, the ultimate effects of our own sin. We are covered. I don't know exactly how you are feeling the vulnerability or the brokenness of the world during this Advent season. Because while there are plenty of lights and plenty of circle and plenty of activities, we also know there's plenty of grief. That you're mourning the spouse, loss of a spouse, or the absence of a loved one. It might be the first year might be the fifth year. It might still be painful the 20th year out. It could be you're feeling financial pressures when we turn the corner into one of the most expensive times of the year. You wish you had means to do more, but whatever the reason, maybe it's college debt, maybe it's some bad decisions, maybe it's a low-paying job, you just can't. For some, the season brings a keen awareness of relational strains. Maybe there's that sibling you're not talking with. Maybe it's a child who's been a disappointment. A sister-in-law who's been hurt by you who certainly isn't not going to be sending a card this year. On the other hand, it could just be a long list of regrets. You know, that list of regrets that we carry around and the guilt that we carry around from the good that we left undone and some of the other things that we can't undo. But what I do know is that I do know that it has all been covered by Jesus Christ. You may think that there's something too big or too awful or too evil 
But that's impossible. Because when God makes a covering, He covers completely. And just in case you need a little refresher, exactly when it was that God, with His grace, with His mercy, and with His forgiveness, when He covered you with Jesus' shame covering and sin destroying garments of grace, well, let this be the reminder. It was at your baptism. The moment you encounter God's water and His Word, you are not only given the new name, child of God, you are not only given new life, eternal, you were given a new outfit. You were covered in the grace and the mercy that was won for you in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And again, this season, Jesus is clothing you with His perfect righteousness. And what's beautiful about this garment is it is a perfect fit underneath the ugliest of Christmas sweaters. It goes extreme well with any flannel. It might even add something special to your family photos. You see, because in this season, we can rejoice even if we're not feeling joy. We can rejoice because we have been wrapped in the oldest and the most fabulous fashion of all. The mercy, grace, and forgiveness of our God. Amen. And may the garments of salvation strengthen you in your times of joy and times of sorrow because God's garments, they cover us. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.